tell them if you're starting to think that it might be time for a change or to, to add some sort of new element into your life, it's definitely time to do that. If you're starting to think, oh, there might be something more I could do, or I don't know, maybe it's time for me to learn these skills so I can advance and, and lead more lead more effectively, it's definitely time. If you start to think it, jump on that. Whether you're determined to build your dream business, to become a better communicator, to create the leverage in your life, to connect with yourself, to become more purposeful, to master your schedule, to quit your job, to travel to Europe, no matter what the goal is that drives you, this is the show for you. This is a space where we can transparently talk about all the things you're determined to accomplish or improve in your life and bring you the tactical tips and strategies to help get you to that next level. My name is Jamie Milam and I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur and like you, I dream big. I rebuilt my life out of a single Rubbermaid storage tote when I became a mother and today I am living my life by designing it in alignment with my goals. Recently divorced and back to being a single mom and simultaneously running multiple businesses, I know that I can figure anything out when I am determined. With the right resources, determination, and motivation, I believe you can make your dreams and goals a reality. This is Determined AF. You guys are in for such a treat today because we get the honor of having Miss Natalie with us today. So I got to have the opportunity to be in a group coaching session about coaching um, in Asheville through my coach and had the opportunity to meet Natalie McCauley there. And she is also a coach. What is really cool about Natalie though, is that she works primarily with women and she focuses on leadership executive um, experience in terms of like helping people kind of coach up into their role, into a new role, how to progress into their role. Uh, she comes with 15 years of leadership experience as a former healthcare executive and being in the healthcare space prior. What a long time that is to be in healthcare. <laughs> uh, she holds a master's degree in management strategy and leadership from Michigan State, and she is a certified crucial conversations trainer. Um, amongst many other things, she lives in Asheville, which is, if you've never been to Asheville, North Carolina, clearly it's full of all kinds of great people, you guys. Um, and she is married and has a stepdaughter and a little beagle named Violet. But today I wanted to bring her into our space because she is a certified professional career coach. And so I know I just did a ton of introduction for you, Natalie. However, tell our audience just a little bit about what else you would want them to know about you. Great. Thank you. Uh, like you accurately pronounced my last name, I'm Natalie McCulley. It looks like McHale, but it's pronounced like Macaulay Culkin. Um, and yeah, I, I live in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm an executive career coach. I help women and a few good men, I like to say. I'm not going to exclude everybody. Um, I help women advance further, faster in their careers and with more confidence and clarity. That's that's really the reason I got into this is I saw a lot of people, a lot of women who would essentially talk themselves out of advancing into their career. And I was like, no, we're not doing that. I'm stopping it. So that's what my mission is, is to help women get to the points of power in their careers so that we can make the big changes. 
did you say that they like, they tend to talk themselves out of it? Yeah. Out of advancing. Tell me a little bit more specifically about that. Yeah. So I actually was thinking about this earlier today. I'm glad you said this. I did a little reel about it that I have not posted yet um, about the number of times I saw women essentially disqualify themselves out of positions, you know, pretty much doing the dirty work before anybody else could do it. Talk themselves out of it because they didn't have necessarily, you know, they wouldn't have 100% of the job qualifications, or they could think of somebody else that they had once met who would be a better match for this job or project or any opportunity that was really any opportunity to stretch and grow. I saw a lot of women talk themselves back from that leap because the chances were, you know, it wasn't going to be perfect. So I think perfectionism is a big thing that keeps us from taking the chances we need. And so it's very easy to talk ourselves out of advancing when there's an almost guarantee that something will go wrong at some point. But that's growth, baby. Fascinating. Yes. So I hear perfection. You want to know what else I hear? I hear imposter syndrome. Oh, yes. You know, which I think imposter syndrome is something that is huge in just not, I, I wouldn't say that it doesn't affect men and women both. Right. But I really do feel like a lot of women, no matter what space, whether you're a business owner or whether you're a professional executive, you experience that. And it's really, really tough in a corporate world where you are as a woman you tend to be up against a lot of men or potentially even younger women who may have a little bit longer to be able to stay in the game for advancement. Mm -hmm. And then they start to kind of compare. And we know that comparison is the thief of joy, right? So I don't know if that's something that you find often, you know, along the lines of perfectionism. Yeah. I think a lot, a lot of imposter syndrome always comes up. If not in the first call, the screening consult call, if not that one, the actual first call, it is always discussed. And sometimes it's even women who identify it in women they are mentoring and they want to be better at learning how to mentor other women in the workplace um, to, you know, deal with and take imposter syndrome and really use it for your own good. Because the hallmark of imposter syndrome is really this intense self-awareness we are very aware of every little flaw that we could potentially have and every little mistake we could make. And when used in a really, you know, a, a very small amount, self-awareness is excellent. Self-awareness is often what's leading, losing or missing from leadership. It's often what keeps people from being the very best leaders they can be because they just following directions, following orders. They're not actually stopping and assessing it. We can turn imposter syndrome on its head and make it work for us and turn it into something else. That's that's exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. And you started this off with saying that you were helping them find clarity and confidence. And a lot of the times that is kind of like the um, the counterbalance to imposter syndrome, right? Because like you said, awareness, I believe awareness is the literal foundation to absolutely everything in terms of goal setting, in terms of communication. And yes, sometimes when we overanalyze and over self-reflect and start to question every little thing, then it can become, you know, out of balance, right? Um, however, I do think that awareness should be a part of everything that we do, even if it's just a split second to say is it choice, right? So I love that you pointed out a lot of those things. Let me ask you though, because I want to take a step back. You were in a 
the healthcare professional space for so long. So how is it that you found yourself in this space where you wanted to kind of transition out of the corporate world? Like what was the catalyst to deciding, I want to get out of the corporate space and do this and work more closely one-on-one with people and impact them in this different way? Yeah. Uh, I had a really incredible career in healthcare and I started as a clinician and I moved into management and leadership and moved into the executive space. And I found that every single promotion I got, every little step I took, the meetings got smaller and smaller, of course, more people at the top, fewer and fewer women. And this is healthcare we're talking about, where they're the vast majority of the people who are performing the healthcare are women, but the people who are making the decisions at the top were mostly men. So that was part of it. That was really, I guess, what got me thinking. That's what it was like, ding, ding, a little light turned on. I thought, well, this is really strange. Look at all of us, almost all men and me in this room making decisions for the things that our employees do, which and who are generally women. Um, So that was the first lightning bulb moment. I had the opportunity. I think it was it was right before COVID started. I had the opportunity to start a new department to help start this new department at in the healthcare system I was working at. And my role was to help employees develop their personal and professional skills, just general personal and professional skills. And it was a brand new department. And so it was really my, it was my baby. I got to help turn it into what I wanted to turn it into. And we started with leading classes, um, a six month class with all, it just happened to be all women. It was not, not what I intended, but it was great. And it was taking entry-level employees and helping them move up to leadership roles. And then I got trained as the Crucial Conversations Trainer, which is a it's executive training program. And I was in charge of training all the facilities, executives, and leadership. So while I was in these positions, I was also part of my job in those positions was to train other executives to get to this, to, get, to really increase their leader, their leadership skills and just their levels of awareness. Um, and then once you get a taste of that, let me tell you, you realize I was much better at that and so much more fulfilled than my, what they were actually paying me to do, which was other stuff. Um, and I realized I was ready to see what I could do on my own. So I just started taking clients on the side and (laughs) (laughs) ta-da. I think really it's kind of part of the reason I love your podcast, the determined AF was because I was determined to make that work, even though I had this incredibly stable, fantastic job, I needed something different. And it was because I couldn't do exactly what I wanted um, while employed with somebody else. And you know, that's the beautiful thing is because I remember, I remember that weekend that we got to spend together and I had the privilege of hearing a little bit about your journey of how you kind of made that transition and made that leap, you know, full time. And really how, as soon as you kind of did that, like it just, the fulfillment and the abundance showed up. And I think that that's important for us to kind of touch on because I, so often I think about, you know, how for some people doing what fulfills them and really like brings them a lot of joy has absolutely nothing to do with you know, a career or work, you know, it may be at home with their kids or something, which don't get me wrong. One of my, um, online mentors, she doesn't know she's a mentor of mine yet. However, she will one day, you know, Kathy Heller has a great podcast around 
teaching you how to take your hobby and, and, you know, really turn it into a side hustle and then into a business, right? Because when you do that thing that lights you up the most, you feel a lot more fulfilled. Your energy shows up a lot more. And in today's world and culture, there's absolutely a way that you can turn that into a business and earn income from it, right? So what I also love about that journey is because coming from the healthcare space, I know exactly what you mean in terms of the imbalance between males and females in the executive role. Because in my sales business with medical sales, you know, I worked with a lot of decision makers. And while yes, office managers are quote unquote, a decision maker for some offices and some facilities, right? But typically, they're still just the second level gatekeeper, right? And so there's still a physician or a board that is making final decisions. And oftentimes, that is in the male population. So what I love is that you kind of like, we're in this setting, this group, and you're like, there's, there's an imbalance here. And I'm trying to figure out why and what can I do to help encourage and change that? Because I do think that both voices definitely need to be heard in our healthcare system today. Um, I mean, especially with what's going on in the environment now in 2022 and how that affects women's healthcare. You know, I think that it's extremely important that we have more voices, more awareness, and definitely more decision makers that are representing both, you know, Mm -hmm. female and male personalities Mm -hmm. and um, physical needs, right? So I love that you saw that. And then on top of that, you volunteered for this, right? It was a volunteer. The certification Mm -hmm. was a volunteer to help people with leadership. And you saw that and you're like, okay, I am digging this. Yeah. And I think that I could do more of this. Yeah. Um, so because it is called determined AF and I love that you pointed that out and that you were determined, do you mind sharing with us kind of what that journey was like, because I think it's important for people. We we touched on comparison earlier, and I think it's important for anybody who's thinking about taking a leap mm-hmm. that rather than looking at somebody's chapter five or their chapter 15 or 20 and comparing it to their chapter one, we need to remember that this takes time, you know, and that there's a lot of adjusting that goes in between. But from the time that you kind of started this you know, vision Mm -hmm. to the time that you've actually took the leap and transitioned fully. Do you mind sharing with us transparently how long that timeframe was? Yeah. Don't mind at all. It was almost a full two years, almost. And so for the first, I officially started my business. Well, here, actually, I'm going to back up a little bit just to tell you how I even, I started working with a business coach and consultant before I even knew I wanted to have my own business. The job, the new role that I had in my my position when I was employed with by the healthcare system was really an entrepreneurial type of, of role. It was brand new, hadn't existed, and they were like, take this and make this your own. And it was, it required a lot of different skill sets that I hadn't used in a while than what I had been using as I was leading a large department of people. A lot of it was very operations driven. I needed to think in a different way. So I hired somebody to like help me get these ideas out of my head and help me strategize and make sense of all of this. And I very quickly, about a month into working with her, realized, oh man, no, what I actually want is to do what we're talking about, but for myself. But I knew that my role in the healthcare system at the time was critical in helping us get through, because this was right before, it was actually by the time I started working with her, COVID had just started. So 
I knew that there was a lot of support that was going to be needed at the facility. And I myself, I was like, this is a fulfill a thing I wanted to fulfill. So I continued to work with her every other week. I didn't get a first client. I think it took me, it was seven months before I had a paid client because I was doing a lot of things for free in addition to working a full-time job. And, but that was really, I think you, you as a business owner, you'd know a lot of the stuff that you're doing in the beginning feels kind of like you're waiting for it to catch up. You're waiting for all of the hustle to make sense. And then it just suddenly does is what I found, but it took a long freaking time. And, but during that time, the things I learned other than just patience, which is still a thing I work on every day, other than patience, I learned to trust, trust processes a lot. And I know you're very systems oriented and that was what I needed to learn. And that's what, that's kind of how things started going for me. Um, yeah, but for anybody out there thinking about, you know, starting their own side business, I absolutely love it. Give yourself time, be patient. It will feel like it's not working before it starts working. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's the thing is I, you said that you'd hired a coach to help you strategize and to make sense of it all. And I think that that's the big thing. So again, this is whether you are wanting to be or step into or explore an entrepreneurial space, or even if it's in your own career and you see like, if you took on a new role or you see that there is a new role that you want to achieve, right? How do we make mm -hmm. sense of what are the purposeful things and strategies that we can do to help get us there, right? How can we grow mm -hmm. ourselves so that way we can get into a position to where we then feel confident that that is exactly the thing that we want or that we want to apply to a different job to find more of that fulfillment, or that we do want to step into that space where it's like, I can do a little bit of both, and then I can eventually turn into a full-time thing, right? The other piece of that two years too is, and I, and I know this from sitting with you, is that it was also really getting clear on who it is that you're serving and exactly what it is that you're offering. And like you said, sometimes it feels, and trust me, I know this from both, you know, real estate and, you know, what I'm doing now. And it's a matter of, it does feel like you're just like pouring in and you're like, but I am, I'm strategizing and I'm getting it all out on paper and I can see the roadmap and I see the plan. And at the same time, we still are making adjustments because it's mm -hmm. still new. Mm -hmm. And that's entirely a normal part of this process is totally. to make the adjustments, even if it is in your career, right? Oh, yeah. Even if you are an executive, it's making adjustments and seeing what works, what feels more natural to you, right? What actually feels receptive mm -hmm. to your team, communicating with your team in a way that they are able to receive it, yeah. right? So there's a lot of adjusting that goes on, regardless if it's that you're looking to, you know, climb the ladder, you know, refine your own leadership skills within your team, or whether it's to jump into or excel in the entrepreneurial space. The other thing I always say is that like, if I hire a coach, my coach better have a coach and my therapist better have a therapist. Amen to that. So I've like yes. packed it all into one and I have two coaches. They both have former therapy backgrounds. Yeah. I have a therapist. Yeah, like, no, you know, absolutely. It's like, I'm gonna get it. And I think that really goes into, I think also what you're touching in here is part of this process, whether it is career advancement in the corporate sector or whatever, or if it's entrepreneurship, knowing when you need help and 
absolutely asking for help when you need it, knowing when you need it, and then taking that next step to get it. And it might just be, it could be general guidance, general mentorship, or it could be something very, very strategic and pointed. Whatever it is, when you think you need it, when you are able to step back and realize, oh, like I don't have to reinvent this wheel myself, maybe somebody else can give me some pointers. Man, that is a game changer. That was a game changer for me, for both my career at working in the healthcare sector or and as my um, my entrepreneurship. Both of it, game change. Yeah, definitely. And don't get me wrong. I think that you just said that too. It's like when you see that you, you could use the help, mm-hmm. right? Because when you see that, then you are acknowledging, I don't have all of the answers, but I am ready to take that step forward because I know that it will propel my business, mm-hmm. right? And the benefit to working with a one-on-one coach setting, or even if you're in a group coach setting, if there is access, live access to be able to do Q&A, where you can kind of get some spotlight, hot seat coaching, you know, the difference there is that it's not just the download digital online course where you can go through it yourself, but it is also accountability. It's asking questions that raises awareness to make sure that it is fitting for you specifically, because we do not all fit into the same box. Yep, exactly. And I think that that is a huge aspect and in leadership skills and growth as a whole doesn't come natural to everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's really dependent on uh, often we'll find ourselves in certain situations that feel more natural to us, that feel more comfortable. But as I know, we talked about this during our weekend together, that um, comfort and familiarity, we often get them confused. I think I remember having that conversation that something can feel really, really familiar and we will mistake that for comfort. And it's like, nah, we don't, that's not actually the same thing. When we are like, this feels really comfy. I really like this area. I want to stay in this part of my career. I don't really need to grow anymore because I know this. It's easy. It's comfy. I feel great about it. I challenge you to turn that comfort around and just say, is this familiar? Is this what you think you like? Because it's what you know. Um, Yeah, there's a lot there that that's the kind of thing that working with coaching, I think really helps you unpack. Well, and to the, there's, again, it's the questions, right. To bring that self-awareness about, because I think that if you're going to go deeper with the one-on-one mentorship advancement, um, or direct coaching, you know, however it's packaged, right. You need to be able to have ownership in the direction that you're taking, right? Like, Mm -hmm. otherwise I'm just training you. I'm training you on a model that can work, that has worked for me, that has worked for others, but there needs to still be some tweaking based on your authenticity, your branding, your vision, your goals, your values, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have ownership and saying, you know what, this feels right. I actually just had a conversation yesterday away at my own, you know, planning retreat. And I was on the phone with a colleague and she had said something to me that I heard multiple people now say, and it was, well, I think that you should consider charging more for, for that offer that we were discussing. And I was like, why does everybody keep saying that? You know, like I, that's not my vision for this. Like I want to remove that should, and I need to go with what feels aligned for me. And, you know, I appreciate that colleague said, okay, can I just challenge you to make sure that we're not like thinking in a scarcity mindset that people aren't willing to pay that? And I'm like, I already have challenged myself with that. And I know that it's, that's not 
that's not the reason why I'm saying no. That's not the reason behind my gut, right? Like, so it's a matter of asking the questions so that you have ownership and not just being told what you should do, because then it's not going to be in alignment with how you present it, how you show up in that space or how you, you'll start to like lie to your coach about what you're doing. Yep. Oh, preach that. Yes. Jamie, you came to preach today because that right there is the God's honest truth. If you aren't able to get clear with yourself, you will never make progress with the coach because you will sugarcoat it and lie. It is just what our brains will do. If you can't get it straight with yourself and actually fully believe in it, you're going to start to just say, yeah, yes, that's what I want. Yes, that's what I'm doing. Yes, everything is fine, but you won't actually make progress. And I think that's very true in your career as well. Any part of our career. Yeah, even worse. Any part of life. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say like, it's the same in therapy, by the way, that's a bonus tip for anybody and everybody. If you're not honest with yourself or with your therapist, you are just stunting your progress like 10 times. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that is the truth, right? You have to want it. You have to be in a safe space where you can be honest. It's the same with your coaches because the other thing that could happen, God forbid, right? Is, and I I've experienced this is you just avoid talking about those numbers or those activities and hope to goodness that you don't have a coach that is actually going to hold you accountable to those action items, because then if they are not fully invested, they're going to, they're going to miss it too. Right. They just won't bring it up. And I will second bonus tip, everybody, like if that's happening in your coaching space, then I would highly encourage that you reevaluate the relationship that you're in and the money that you're spending and hold your money accountable to the value that you expected to get out of it. Because you don't want to be throwing your money down the drain and actually not advancing or progressing because just like Natalie Mm -hmm. had started this vision and two years later, and I don't know if you'd set yourself a goal for, you know, how long you wanted this to happen before you could transition fully. But I do know that typically like we can achieve our goal faster than we thought Mm -hmm. when we actually are committed to the activities. Yeah, absolutely. It took me a while to fully commit to the, the, the truth that I, was ready to completely change careers. So that took me a little bit, but if I had made the plans before I was really committed to that and had actually fully really processed that and almost also mourned my previous career, which was incredibly successful. And I mean, it it was an awesome, wonderful career and I'm so thankful for it. Also, I never thought I would leave it. It never had occurred to me until I found what I really wanted to do after that. This is really just like, you know, step two. I, once I figured out what that was, I had to admit to myself that I was ready to leave, had to acknowledge that it was going to be really freaking hard because it was something very different, but also it didn't matter how hard it was. I wanted to do it. That's when you really can start making the long term, the real solid plans, like real solid goals, smart goals at that point. Cause you know, exactly what, exactly what you need to do to get there, but you have to admit that you want to get there first. Well, and you have to tie that goal to why that's important, right? Like, you know, if it is something that is more fulfilling, you know, you, you've, you've been in this role, like in this corporate role for 15 years and you suddenly shifted into a space that made you feel more fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Like it lit you up in a different way that you had not yet been 
access to, right? Your eyes hadn't been opened up to yet. And you guys, once we know that, like, <laughs> once we know that, like, we can't unknow that. Yep. Right. So whenever we can actually like tie that feeling to that goal, we're going to be so much more committed to it that we're willing then at that point to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to be determined AF. And sometimes I want to, I want to say this because I did touch on the two year aspect, right. And that we can oftentimes, you know, achieve these goals faster than we expected. You guys, the opposite can happen too. And that's okay mm-hmm. because this is life, right? We are not in control of everything that happens in life. And so it might throw us curveballs. Yeah. The, the, purpose of setting that goal is so that we have the roadmap. Like Mm -hmm. we would love to achieve this thing in the next three years, maybe it's five years, depending on what your financial, you know, needs and, and, um, capability are towards that goal. Right. And if you achieve it faster, fantastic. If it takes you a little bit longer, that's okay. As long as you're consistently making steps towards that. The other thing too, is that you moved into a new space did you hire a new coach by just out of curiosity? No, it's the same. My business consultant, business, she's also a life coach though, too. So I actually have hired her to use that sort of, because there's a whole lot of processing that happens when you completely pivot your life. So we have, it's really funny. We actually, we have during our calls to be like, okay, so we're going to do business consulting stuff. I'm like, great, cool. Cause she's also, she is a business coach, but she, it's sort of this full service agency model. And then we'll reach a point where she's like, okay, so we're switching to life coaching right now. And I'm like, okay, great. Because there's a lot of things that you got to process. There's a whole lot of things. Um, No, but what's really been kind of fun with staying with the same coaches, I've also grown, I've watched her grow and I've seen her grow to this incredible level and been able to grow with her, like alongside her and, you know, incrementally. Um, The other thing I wanted to say about the two-year thing was it took me probably eight months to, before I fully admitted that I couldn't do both for a, you know, indeterminate amount of time. I just kind of figured, oh, I'll have this business on the side. And then when I'm ready to leave, I don't know, when I retire, maybe I'll go full in. And it was about eight months into it that I was like, no, no, I'm going to do this. Just one full-time job. I don't want to. Um, but so you just kind of never really know when those revelations are going to come to you. But when it happens, it is strong and you cannot go backwards. <laughs> Let me just tell you, there's no going backwards, which is great. Yeah, it, it, it goes with that same saying, like, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Yep, right. And sometimes once it's there, it's glaring. And I'm this, I'm similar in the sense of like, when I want to be all in on something, I really want to be all in on it. And that's when I made the transition from medical sales into real estate, Mm -hmm. I did. It was a huge leap of faith because I was going from making 180 K to now a fully commission based business. That was like, Holy crap. What am I doing now? I drained my savings. I cashed in my 401k that first year. I ended up wrapping up, you know, my first full year in the industry uh, with making about a hundred thousand dollars. Right. So I took a step back. But when I filed my taxes in 2021, I cashed in at 469. Right. So it was like when I knew that I could go all in on something, what the possibilities were. The thing I want to say too, though, is that like, you know, your coach and what their capabilities are and what their focus is. Right. So I had changed coaches, um, 
it wasn't my choice initially. She switched business. Um, and I, I transitioned to another coach and during that transition, I was also going through a personal transition through a divorce. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I did not anticipate to come out of my divorce was a realization that I had been using work as a distraction from my marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, and that suddenly I did have a desire to bring more joy into my life and other measures outside of just work activities. And so I started to notice that my current coach wasn't really seeing that, at, at, you know, I say my current coach, she's not my current coach anymore. Right. Wasn't really seeing that. Yeah. And so I went back to my previous coach now that I had an opportunity to, because I knew that she was going to coach to me as a whole person. Yeah. Right. And there is a fine balance. I will say that for everybody that's hearing this, because you hire a coach for accountability and the, otherwise I just have my therapist, right? Like if I, that's why I have two separate yeah. because I can go to my therapist. Well, my whole life this too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I also need my business coach to be able to pay attention to see like, okay, your energy is off. Like what's going on, you know, or are we still, are we still attached and committed to these goals or do we need to make adjustments to the activities because the goal has changed. Yep. Right. So I think that that's really important because especially even if it's in the executive space, if you feel like you've hit a plateau, whether you're, you're in an executive role or whether you are an entrepreneur, if you feel like you've hit a plateau, mm -hmm. it is time. Oh yeah. To hire leverage and partnership with somebody that is going to help get you to the next level. I am loving this conversation and hope you are too. We'll get back to it in just a moment, but I wanted to share something with you real quick. Did you know that a combination of coaching and training can increase your productivity by 88% versus 23% from training alone? I mean, that's staggering. The year that I hired a coach, the revenue in my own business increased by 210%. That doesn't even include what I was able to add to my pipelines, the skills learned for communication and leadership, more or less the boundaries I was able to incorporate into my life to get more time back. How would you like to see returns like that? Those who are coached feel 80% more self-confident and it's no wonder why when you are in an environment that is encouraging you, offering strategies, and coaching you to self-discover so you are able to approach future challenges with more confidence and less overwhelm. That's why I wanted to create a space for entrepreneurs where you can come in and receive just that. I'd like to invite you to reserve your spot in our successful AF community. This is a private group membership for you to be in community with other entrepreneurs to connect, engage with, and mastermind about systems and strategies that have been successful all around. Packed with exclusive tips for purposeful activities to create consistency and scalability into your business. Not to mention encouragement and inspiration along the way. Head over to jamiemilam.com slash successful AF to learn more today and use the promo code DETERMINEDAF for 30% off of your first two months. Let's be successful AF together. Yep. One of the things that I tell my clients often it's on the first consult call we have, I tell them if you're starting to think that it might be time for a change or to, to add some sort of new element into your life, it's definitely time to do that. If you're starting to think, oh, there might be something more I could do, or I don't know, maybe it's time for me to learn these skills so I can advance and, and lead more, lead more effectively. It's definitely time. If you start to think it, 
jump on that. Yeah. What do you think is the number one thing that holds women back in terms of, you know, we touched on that perfectionism, that imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it comes up a lot too that, you know, they see that there's the potential. They're not sure if they want to reach for it. You know, does that happen with both men and women? Or do you see that most in women? And what do you think is the thing that the driving piece behind all of that? Uh, I really think that the biggest piece is it's the people pleasing area that whole. um, And I think that's, that's largely societal expectations. We are expected to be, when I say expected, meaning it's kind of the old school expectations. And we are generally, our generation, we're generally not taught this explicitly that we should be small and quiet and accommodating, or, you know, don't be too funny. Don't be too bossy. Like we're kind of, we're implicitly told this for the most part now, but it wasn't long ago that that was absolutely a solid rule that was stated and expected. And it's hard to make culture change quickly. And I really think that's a big part of it. We, to disappoint people is often the, the worst possible thing that any of my clients can think about when we first start working together. And what that leads to is really poor boundaries, which leads to finding your worth in what other people tell you. If other people tell you you're great at this job, then you think, oh, wow, I must be great at this job. And it's like, no, like, you know, if you're good at this job or not, but if you feel like you need to hear it, if you need that outside reinforcement constantly, that could be an indicator that you are just playing into the societal expectations that we are here to accommodate. Women are here to accommodate, you know, the people who really do the work. Yeah. And not that they're not that the solution to that is simple, but what would you say, you know, the simplest thing that somebody can keep in their mindset is to help combat that? Yeah. Um, I think once you're ready to, ready to change, make some changes in your life, it's, absolutely understanding and accepting that it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable, but we learn that discomfort doesn't necessarily make things harder. Sometimes discomfort is really simple. You just say it, you know, you disappointed somebody and then you move on. And then it's easier the next time. And by disappointing somebody, I mean, it's things like you know, you are in a place of leadership, yet another leader asks you to do something that they wouldn't ask another person to do. And it's because you're the woman or you're asked to work different hours. You're asked to stay late. You're asked to log on on a Sunday. Um, The first time you say no to that, it's going to be really hard. And part of what's going to be hard about it is that there is the reality that it might impact without changing that relationship in a, you know, in a way that is really open and honest. It could impact your ability to promote within that organization if you don't address it head on and have those really open and honest but respectful conversations with the people who you have to set boundaries with. Yeah, yeah, I hear boundaries definitely in that as well as fear, right? A fear mindset or a scarcity mindset. The other thing too is oftentimes that discomfort is either just our imagination, it's our imagined fear of what's going to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. but either way, real or imagined, the discomfort is temporary, right? And sometimes that temporary discomfort might be, you know, undue prolonged tension, you know, which is unfortunate. But again, that's not about us. That's about how somebody else is receiving or reacting, which is not in our control. Right. But the more that we 
teach other people how to treat us, the more that we have those boundaries in place, the more confident we become in ourselves, the more that we comfort ourselves internally. Like it's the indirect conversation that we're having with ourselves to say like, you know what? I know that this is problematic or triggering for you, or this is impeding on your Sunday time with your family or your plans. Like if you just speak up for yourself right now, you're going to feel more empowered and that will eventually lead to a lot more confidence and it'll lead towards also showing others that you do know how to set those boundaries with respect, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. think that's a really important factor. Yeah. Having the direct yet respectful discussion about your boundaries with whoever, you know, with whoever you need to have them with, that is so important because we can, it's really not just the setting of the boundaries. The hard part comes when the boundaries are crossed and you have to uphold them. And we have to be firm yet kind. I say that with an asterisk because kind of nice or different, but we often don't talk about that either, but kind of nice are very different. Kindness is, is direct. Kindness is always honest. It may not be the easiest thing to hear all the time, but it is what will, it's what is actually needed to be said. So, um, but I never like to separate direct and respectful because I do believe in the vast majority of cases you can have both. Yeah. I think that that's, that was a huge, like truth bomb. Right. Um, because oftentimes I hear assertive, you know, as something that is a negative connotation, which drives me bananas because I hear assertive and I think, you know, somebody's straightforward and clear about what they want or how they want to communicate it. But you're exactly right. Not only setting the boundaries or setting expectations, but holding those boundaries and expectations accountable and following through with that has so much more power than just setting them. And it is a lot harder. It takes a lot more practice. So Natalie, what is the number one thing when people come into your world and they say, I'm really curious about, you know, advancing my career. I I'm, I'm curious. I've heard about this career coaching thing. Like what is the number one thing that they're coming to you for? Is it to transition? Is it to get into a role? Is it to improve their leadership? I'm sure it's all of the above, but what would you say is like the number one thing that people are showing up for? Yeah. Um, most of my clients are people are women who have high level positions and are either having issues, um, really with that that work-life integration or balance, but I think of it as integration or, and that largely has to do with some boundaries, which we talk about extensively, um, or they are ready for something different, but they're not quite sure what it is yet. And that risk, I can help mitigate that risk because when you are in a high level position, you know, it's generally pretty secure. It's very well paid. You have a lot of people counting on you. To pivot to another industry or to look for an outside position is very scary, but um, you know we know you can't stay to stay in a position for too long. Feels soul sucking. It really does, even if it was at one time really really satisfying. So I, a lot of that has to do with decision making, honest decision making with themselves, coupled with setting those boundaries and um, taking the leap. I think a lot of it is just about the the courage to take the leap, but you know, courage is not, you're, you're still going to be scared. So I really can help guide people through that process. Some of it is mindset oriented and all of that, but some of it is really, really strategic, like LinkedIn profile and, you know, things that are, are very networking and these kind of things, I can help them with that. 
But the larger part is often decision-making, boundary setting, feeling ready to take a leap themselves. Yeah. If you guys didn't hear what she said, then you guys need to like pause or come back to this. If you're driving, obviously don't pause and write down. But if you did not hear what she said, I'm going to say it again so that you can write it down and hear it once more. She replaced the word balance with integration. Natalie, that is so beautiful. I mean, I... I've not heard it phrased like that. I mean, I hear, you know, GK, Gary Keller say, you know, counterbalance. There is never exactly a balance to something because you can't give necessarily 50-50 to everything or if there's multiple things, right? Nothing is necessarily going to have the even amount of energy from you. And sometimes work takes up more energy than your home life. Sometimes home life takes up more energy than your business life. I mean, hello, divorce, right? So like, you know, I loved the integration part. So if you guys didn't hear that, balance is not what you're seeking. You're seeking how to be able to integrate the things that bring you joy and experience into the priorities in your life, right? So business and family. The other thing I heard you say, y'all don't have to write this one down, right? It's when you said, when you stay in a job or a position too long, you know, like, I, I don't, maybe it is because of the divorce, but I hear like, it's the same with relationships if we are not integrating new experiences, right? When relationships are new, you're experiencing each other. Same with the job. You're learning a role. You're still exploring like, you know, life and personal life and business and professional life. They really have so many parallels because when something is new, you're exploring it. It's a whole new experience. It's bringing out new things of curiosity and, you know, new skills that you're learning. You're learning how to communicate with somebody. And then when you get into this like stagnant routine where it's the same thing, you're showing up every day and getting the same thing out of it. That's when you start to feel unfulfilled and disconnected, right? So how can you integrate more new experiences like Natalie. And I don't even know if you've connected those dots yet, but like Natalie found this leadership certification that she got to do. She was still in her same role, but she was able to integrate something new. And what do you know? This was a new fulfilling thing. Imagine if you did that, even just in your relationship, like if you guys went hiking, look, I am not the, I am not a hiker. Okay. But (laughs) I'm not right. But I will literally, I will walk eight hours for an entire day with you through Rome. Okay. It's just, or Egypt or, or Greece, or, you know, I can keep on going, but I'm, I don't want to like go on a one hike typically like for half a day. Like that's not my jam. Also. Yeah. I mean, because it's like every time you turn the corner, there's something else new to see, you know? And again, (laughs) it's that newness, it's that exploration. Mm -hmm. Right. But hypothetically, let's say that you guys don't hate um, hiking and it's something that both of you are interested in trying, or maybe it's bowling, maybe it's tennis, who knows what it is, right? You try this thing and suddenly you might find that it integrates in a new real enjoyment and, and connection and experience into your life that really just starts to add a lot more fulfillment, right? So again, a lot of these things are both, you know, personal and professionally related and can enhance your life, right? Absolutely. And the, in including new things in your work life, your professional life, your home life, whatever, that's a lot of the stuff that I work on with clients is those clients that come to me who have these incredible jobs that they thought were going to be satisfying forever. 
we don't automatically start looking for outside employment. We're not just like, all right, you work for Pepsi. Let's get you a job at Coke or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do have some of those. That's actually fun. But um, it is also like, what, what opportunities for what projects do you have that are in your mind that you know are programs or something that's going to revolutionize your department, this business operation, whatever it is, what have you been sitting on that feels like it's just too much, too complicated, or would just be too hard. And how can we bring that out and then use that to enhance your work life? And also not just your work life, but your, your literal resume too. Like what sort of things can you do at this current job that will then get you that job, that next job you want with a company that maybe offers, you know, better benefits, more money, whatever, or is in the location you want to be, or, you know, whatever that offers you something else that's more fulfilling. What can you do now to get to there? And a lot of that is new stuff that scares you. I love that. I love that. So let, let's let let's kind of wrap with maybe, I'm curious, right? If somebody is looking to make a change in their current role, again, whether that's transitioning, um, whether that's just enhancing their space, what's the, if they're determined to, to do that, to find a solution for it in 2023, what is your best recommendation that you wish that they knew and the action that they should take today? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, it's like a thunderstorm of thoughts in my head right now. The one I'm going to pull out immediately is break, break up your routine break up your habits, evaluate something that you're doing that is taking up a lot of your time that you're not really sure you like, pull it apart, do it differently. That's just the first step to realizing that you can get out of this routine that you're in. I think a lot of times we're all creatures of habit and we really are very ritual based. And oftentimes we don't do them intentionally and that will always keep you where you are. And that's not where you want to be. You want to move forward, shake things up, try something different. It could be, you know, reaching out to a coach. It could be starting your morning differently. It could be taking one day a month off, something different that you would never have done before. Yeah. I love that. Cause that immediately tied back. Maybe it's because it was piggybacked right off of like the new things. Right. Yeah. But it oftentimes like there is magic and there is just gold whenever we can kind of like pull back and look at things from a bigger view and see mm -hmm. if what we're doing, you know, is still working for us, you know, do what you've always done and get what you have always gotten. Right. Yeah. So I know some of these adages, like old, what is that? It's an adage, right? Isn't that what it's called? Adages. Yeah. Adages. Yeah. Old, so these old sayings really are, they're rooted in it's true because you just, you've got to do something different that's, that's the, that's often the hardest thing. Um, one of the things I see with my clients is that they are in such a, such a routine that is not intentional. It's a routine that has just developed and stuck over time. And, you know, and it could be, they started this position before, maybe before they were married, maybe before they had kids, maybe before something, and they didn't intentionally create this new life. It just sort of rolled into the next Yeah, living with intention girl, you know uh, that, that changes everything. Let me tell you, changes everything. one of my top values. I love me some intention, integrity, and initiative. Uh, I'm like, yeah. Ooh, I love that. One of mine, one of the ones I really value is curiosity. Yes. That's one of my, one of my core values is curiosity. Follow your curiosities. You don't have to jump into anything, but allow yourself to explore them 
And then once you're like committed to doing something different, then we can work together. Then we can do, you know, then there's any, any number of things are possible once you allow yourself to see beyond what is like right in front of you. I love that. I love that. Well, I know that um, if our audience is considering, you know, looking towards having a career coach, I know that you offer um, some 30 minute like discovery calls, which we're going to link that down in the show notes, but how else can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on all the socials. Um, I am Natalie Carol McCulley on them. Um, Again, that's spelled M-I-C-A-L-E. Um, I am pretty, I would say LinkedIn, if you're looking for careers, LinkedIn, I get involved, get involved in LinkedIn, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I do free webinars every other month. I don't have the date set for the next one, but it's coming up. So you'll see it on my socials. Awesome. Awesome. And we're definitely going to make sure everybody knows how to spell Natalie's last name because we're going to put her (laughs) info into the show notes. I'm going to plug in her Instagram and her LinkedIn, and we will have a link so that if you want to uh, consider a career coach, especially if you're in that executive space and you're ready to look for a change or you want to advance or transition, I highly encourage that you jump on a call with Natalie because you've dropped so many great nuggets and I hope our listeners can see that they're not alone when they start to feel a little stagnant, maybe a little lack of confidence, right? That they can compete, that they are the right person for the role, that they are as expertise in that space as they think that they are in their head um, and they're ready to show the world that they can do it, right? And step into that authenticity and that alignment um, with their purpose. So I'm really grateful that you were able to come on today and chat with us and um, looking forward to- you for having me. Of course, I'm excited to have had you. I'm excited to have been able to have an opportunity to share space with you. So anything that we can do to continue to impact you know, as many people as we can through the services and just these conversations, right? It's just bringing awareness and making sure people don't feel alone because we all have gone through this. Yeah, absolutely. Your life is, you're never as alone as you feel, but when you feel alone, that's the time to reach out. That's right. That's right. Find support, find community. And I think you guys can do that next week too on next week's podcast episodes. So I hope to see you there. Thanks again, Natalie.